Hey, Sam. Hey, Bev. What you drinking over there? I am drinking a Bean Flicker Blonde Ale Ooh. with coffee. Mm-hmm. Brewed by Oddside Ales, which is a brewery that we've had on here a bunch because mm-hmm. uh, they're a Michigan brewery and we're big, giant, huge fans of them. Yes. Bean Flicker is a really good one, too. Oh, is it? Yes. I like it. Oh, I don't know if I've had it before. When I picked it out, my husband was like, really? Because <laughs> <You know>, <laughs> of the name. Like, it is sort of horribly it's inappropriate. Dirty. But it's and perfect. a little sexist, but <laughs> it's a good name. And I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to fault them for that. You bought it, didn't you? I did. I bought it. So clearly <laughs> I wasn't that bothered by it. <laughs> no, I bought it because it, uh, the 12 year old boy and me went <laughs> and the word coffee got me too. So coffee always gets me. But I have to tell you about this thing that I'm using to drink it out of. Uh, I'm going to oh. send it to you so that you can see it and see what you think. Um, it's called a can hand. Ew. It's a koozie that your hand slides into. Okay. So that you don't have to actually be holding your beer. And we're going to find out if I get beer all over my laptop <laughs> while we're recording. I don't know if this was a really good place to experiment with this, but. <laughs> we will find out real fast, I'm sure. Yeah, I wanted to give it a try, though, because it was actually like the concept of it was designed and it was manufactured in Yellow Springs, Ohio. And when I first saw it, I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. (laughs) But like it was it was it was brought to life by, you know, just like regular everyday people. So I was like, oh, well, I got to give it a try. So because clearly they should have tested this before they manufactured it. Right. I would think so. It probably works. (laughs) But I don't know. Uh, maybe on my Instagram, there will be some hilarious videos of things you can do with the can hand and things that you can't do with the can hand sometime soon. <laughs> so what are you drinking over there? So today I have a Perrin Brewing Company Carrot Cake Cream Ale. It says, pour out a slice of sweet and creamy carrot cake blended with real carrots, pineapple, and lactose with a wide variety of specialty malts for a rich cake flavor and a malty backbone. And it is quite delicious. It is exceeding my expectations. And they were pretty high when I saw um, that there was a carrot cake flavored beer. So I'm very happy. That sounds like the most amazing beer I've ever heard of. Um, it's really good. And, of course, it's crafted in Michigan, which makes it even better, in my opinion. Um, it's brewed and canned in Comstock Park, Michigan, which is near Grand Rapids area. Um, but this is going to be a really good one to, like, float around in the pool with. So it feels timely with the, the slight warm-up happening outside. Um, to be drinking this beer. <laughs> We're just getting a warm up here because there's a thunderstorm. I just heard it doing oh. its little summer rumble. Um, but that's all right. I'll take it. I, I, I like the warm up and that beer sounds amazing. And clearly we're on like a Michigan beer run right now. We are. Oh my God, Bev. The can hand just came through. <laughs> what are you even to like? I... This is not what I was expecting. <laughs> Doesn't my hand look totally useless? Your your hand looks like it's broken and it's some kind of device to like stabilize it. Like this is just like 
<laughs> like I can't stop laughing now. <laughs> like when when this episode drops, you're gonna have to put this in the Drinking Farm Instagram story so everyone can see. Post it in the group, like because this thing looks ridiculous. <laughs> and I I'm gonna need you to show me videos like infomercial style videos. You know how like white people can't eat. <laughs> Yeah, commercials like ever because they're just like, oh, it just went on the ground, like over dramatic. I'm gonna need that style of you showing me how this thing works. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was what uh, Jared had in mind when he recommended we film <laughs> things you can and can't do. Maybe this can be something we can do for fun next weekend while you're here. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll hold the camera. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> So welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. Yay! Yay! That's Bev over there. And that's Sam over there. And this is the farm comedy podcast that is happy hour for your ears. We drink adult beverages, talk about farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. Right. Not that we don't want our farms to be full of good things all the time, but the realities of farm life aren't always rainbow and sunshine. We like to keep it real with you and have discussions that include the mistakes we make, new knowledge we gain, we try to entertain you, and we go off on a lot of tangents that are yes. not farming related. <laughs> and speaking of tangents, we tend to record those and stick them up on our Patreon. We did not record a BS session this week, but some ridiculousness did just happen with the whole um, canned hand thing. So um, make sure you go to patreon.com slash drink and farm the bs sessions are free but we do have some exclusive content for patrons that pay two dollars or more a month um some like some outtakes some goofy stuff um and if you're at the five dollar and above level patreons get a thank you gift when they're at that level um and we're preparing to send those out in early april so if you're interested in seeing what magnificent thing we're going to send out in April, you want to go to patreon.com slash drink and farm and check that out right now. Get signed up today. Yeah. And when you're a Patreon, you can feel really good about uh, supporting this podcast. Uh, but also, we're going to be going to Coop Camp and we've bought some pretty cool equipment that we needed for Coop Camp. Um, and we're going to be recording all of the things that we possibly can to give just to you guys. So we're working hard for your patronage and we so appreciate it. And we're trying to bring you more podcast value for your buck, like bang for your buck. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yes. I think it's a thing. Okay. It's a thing. Yeah. And speaking of the Patreon, our drinks this episode were sponsored by Elise Ferguson, which is at EGF Brahma Mama. So cheers, lady. Cheers. She stuck around with us for a while. Yeah, she has. All of our drink sponsors have been there pretty much uh, since the beginning. So yeah. we appreciate you, Elise, and we appreciate all of our sponsors. Yes, we do. So do we have any follow up this week? We do. Uh, you know how I started a shit ton of seeds and baggies? Yeah. I killed a lot of them. Oh. Yeah. What happened? 
It was very sad. It turns out that seeds uh, inside those little baggies and paper towels, they germinate super fast. Hmm. So you have to be really ready to plant them when you germinate seeds. And I was not. Aw, <laughs> lesson learned. <laughs> so I thought that I could like germinate all the seeds and that would kick my butt into gear to like be ready for all the planting. Uh, it didn't work that way. Uh, so uh, <laughs> my recommendation is to make sure that you have all the like peat pellets that you need, all the trays that you need, all of the pots and soil and anything else that you'll need to actually take care of those seeds once they've germinated and then start germinating. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Who am I kidding? <laughs> you know what, though? Like... Do you still feel like you're more like on track this year than you were last year, though? Oh, yeah. I have four trays of tomatoes planted. Yeah, like and in their pots that are like those decomposable pots that you just plant straight into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And each tray holds 18. So I can't do math that fast. It's 72 tomato plants. Wow. Yeah. They're taking up a lot of space in my office. You're going to have a lot of tomatoes. (laughs) I am. I'm probably going to end up giving some plants away to friends. Oh, that'll be nice. Like to our community garden and stuff because I really don't need that much. That's a problem with having 13 acres is I feel like I have all the space (laughs) in the world to do whatever I want to. But can I pick the tomatoes off of 72 tomato plants? I mean, maybe if you take a week off of work. And, <laughs> right. You know, that's all you're doing. But what would you even do with that many tomatoes? Are you planning on doing like a lot of sauce or salsas? Yeah, both of those things uh, okay. I do plan to do and will freeze a lot too. And I love sun dried tomatoes. I actually mm. I oven dry them. I don't sun dry them because it, it's kind of humid here and it rains a lot. So yeah, sun drying takes a little too long for I mean, I'm sure some people know how to do it here. I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> so I oven dry for now. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, and they taste delicious. So, yeah, there's all sorts of cool things that you can do with tomatoes that don't take as much uh, work as canning does. But, yeah, it's too many, too many tomatoes even for me. But kind of going back to, like, kind of the, oh, that fail moment. But honestly, you're ahead of where you were last year. And now you know that you have to be super duper prepared when you germinate seeds. So that just sets you up for even more success next year, right? Yeah, I hope so. And it should set me up for more success for our next round of seeds. Like Mm -hmm. I have that spreadsheet that I shared in the show notes of episode 50, I think. I I can't remember which, which one it was. It's somewhere around there. It's like 49 or 50. I'll share a link in the show notes to an updated version of it this time because I've been filling in the dates for when I'm supposed to start germinating those seeds. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them aren't coming up for a couple of weeks from now. Like uh, next Monday after you leave, I've got a list of five vegetables that I need to start the seeds from. Um, And now I've got all my pots and my peat pellets, so I'm ready for those. So I'm trying to hold off on germinating any new seeds until that date where I'm supposed to rolls around. (laughs) You So you have a plan is what you're saying. I do. I have a plan. I I was also supposed to plant radishes last week, but my whole garden is frozen solid right now. So um, 
I did not get to plant those radishes, but I bet after this thunderstorm rolls in, it'll be loose enough tomorrow to plant the radishes. So maybe I'll still get some of those in. <laughs> and honestly, like I was looking at the weather near your area next week. It looks like it's going to be pretty nice most of the week. Yeah, it is. So it's going to be a good visit. We can always plant radishes when I come to visit. I've never done it before, so we can do a hilarious video of drinking and planting radishes. Oh, I love that idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's play. <laughs> Let's play in the dirt and get our hands dirty. Yes, yes. All right. So we got our honey and rue boxes. We did. I was just going to say it's my favorite time of the month, but that makes it sound like my lady time, which is not <laughs> really my favorite time of the month. Is that anybody's favorite time of the month? I want to uh, say no. I mean, for like a second, since it is not the right time for me to pro- like to procreate and have offspring, um, I'm very excited for like a minute. And then I'm like, oh, well, now I just got to deal with this for a few days. Ooh, cramps. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's kind of like a mixed feeling thing for me right now. <laughs> But anyways, Henny and Rubox came for the month of March, and we're super excited to talk about what we got. Um, So do we want to start with our favorite thing, or should we, like, go through the other things that came with it? Yeah, let's start with our favorite thing. So I think my favorite thing is the egg to go, which is, it's, like, literally the most perfect shaped container for carrying a hard or soft-boiled egg. And so it keeps the egg like protected and the odor contained and it even includes this like mini salt shaker thing and it's dishwasher safe, which is also like one of my favorite things. So like I like hard boiled eggs and I have been able to eat eggs the whole last past week and not gotten sick at all. So I'm excited to do hard boiled eggs again, but it's super weird to like take a peeled hard boiled egg to work in a Ziploc bag. And then you like open the bag and then it's like this, the, the smell just wafts. So I'm kind of excited to have this cute little thing to put into my, um, into my lunch bag every time I have to go into the office. Well, and hard boiled eggs are such like, it's a healthy snack. And right. when it comes in something that's reusable like this, it's also like the perfect trash free snack. Yes. Because that's so another true. thing that happens is like, you want to eat healthy and you want to have healthy snacks, but everything is wrapped in single-use plastic that has to be thrown in the garbage. Right. But a hard-boiled egg, like, you don't even need a fork to eat it. No. It can just go in this cool little reusable container. The shell, well, do you put it in there without the shell on it? I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Even better. Yeah. Yeah, because the shell would be kind of messy to, like, peel off on your desk. So right. it saves you from that hot mess that... That is hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> and, like, have you ever had somebody, like, walk up to you to ask you a work question while you're peeling an egg? For some reason, it just feels really, like, primal and weird. So the <laughs> it fact does. that it's, like, already peeled and in, in this container, it's, like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> People are like, what are you doing? Like, I know you like your chickens, but come yes. on. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also, quick pro tip for uh, hard-boiled eggs. I heard that if you cook them in the Instant Pot or you steam them, mm-hmm. then fresh eggs are easier to peel. Yeah. I only steam my eggs now. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. I just have like a little um, 
like a steamer basket that I put in the bottom of like a huge pot and then I boil the water, put the eggs in, cover it for, depending on like how many eggs I have in there, like 12 to 14 minutes and then just still like shock them with cold water or ice water. Yeah, peel so much easier. Well, there you go. If it, somebody didn't know that, we just taught you something new. You're welcome. You're welcome. I think there's a YouTube video of me explaining it too. Oh, is ago. there? Yeah. If there is, I'll link to it in the show notes. Perfect. <laughs> so obviously my favorite thing is the insulated hen print lunch tote. Yes. Um, not that I have to take lunch anywhere, but I do take beers places. Yes. Probably more often than I should be admitting to in a public <laughs> space. Um, but yeah, it's going to be super handy to keep my beer cold and carry it around. And I can even throw a cold snack in there. Maybe I'll bring beer and hard-boiled eggs to the there next thing go. that I need to show up to. See the egg-to-go thing? Like, it just complements the, the lunch bag so nicely. Yeah, it totally does. It totally does. So we also had in this month's box the Chicorama Flock Frenzy Chicken Treat, which was all natural and GMO. And my chickens have already eaten the whole bag. Because, well, I have a lot of chickens and I was trying to bribe them to come hang out with me um, because I needed one of them to do chicken selfie Sunday with me. Um, so sometimes the easiest way to do that is just to bribe them with snacks and then grab one of them. <laughs> so the whole bag is gone between them and the ducks today. They were pretty excited about it. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. And we also got a package of the Henny and Rue 3-in-1 Vitamins, Minerals, yes. and Electrolytes. I love the this. And in fact, I've ordered this from the Henny and Rue website because as subscribers, we get 10% off yeah. um, all during the month on things when we run out of stuff or if there's something that Henny and Rue offers that you want to have more of. And I always keep a few bags of this on hand because once a month I try to at least give the chickens just like a little boost because mm -hmm. I feel like it helps and it, it just makes me feel better because it makes me feel like I'm doing something proactive for them. So, Right. And I just like having it on hand too because if something, if like a chicken gets sick or something, like it's nice that this is all like in one bag and I'm not like mixing. I'm not just trying to figure out how to do sugar water to kind of get them like over the hump of something. Like I feel good about giving them this mix. So totally agree. I was very happy to see it in the box this month. We also got, I don't know how to say this, Shriners? Yeah, that's how I would pronounce that. Shriners Herbal Solution, which helps um, promote healing and open wounds, post-surgical sites, cuts, fungi, and other infections. So this is something you can use not just on chickens, but on other animals that you have around your farm. It looks pretty friendly to all kinds of different animals. So that was really nice. I, I love it when in the chicken keeping box, because like we've talked about before, there aren't a lot of chicken specific things out there. Sometimes you have to use things for other animals and like lower the dosage for a chicken. Um, but I'm still really excited when something comes in this box that I can use for my other farm animals. Like it's like bonus. <laughs> yeah. And because... Let's face it, chickens are like the gateway to other farm animals. So if you just have oh, chickens yeah. now, just wait. <sighs> if your HOA allows it, you will have other animals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we also got a bag of the Encore Natural Poultry Grit. Yeah. And 
I really like these small bags of the poultry grit because I keep the little ones that I got like this in the honey and rue box. I keep them inside the house for when I'm brooding chicks mm-hmm. because I, d- I have like a giant bag of grit for my chickens and it's right. like big and messy and it looks like a big cement bag. This little tiny bag is perfect for the house and for brooder. So exactly. We also got an aluminum treat scoop and guys, it's really shiny. Um, I'll be able to use this for so many different things on the farm. So I thought that was a really cool and thoughtful thing to throw in there um, because I never would have like thought that we'd get something like that. So yeah, I thought that was neat. I mean, and can you have too many scoops around a farm? No. You know what we use for scoops? We use old sour cream containers. <laughs> oh, I love it. And like... Uh, fat-free Greek yogurt containers, because on Weight Watchers, that's like zero points, so we eat a lot of fat-free yogurt. <laughs> and um, we use those to, like, collect eggs in once our buckets are full. Um, and then we also use them for scoops. So I feel super bougie to have this beautiful treat scoop now. <laughs> well, it's good to reuse all those plastic containers. I mean, I already raged about plastic once. Yeah. Just so- couple minutes ago so now we get to like hit it home again oh yeah (laughs) reuse things (laughs) oh yeah well I just remember growing up and like my mom and grandma reusing those kinds of like country crock containers and things like that too um for like Tupperware for leftovers and stuff like we didn't have nice Tupperware all the time sometimes it was just like one of those containers so it was like am I really opening up country crock or am I opening up meatloaf (laughs) you know (laughs) I mean did you ever really grow up if you didn't have that experience? And I, mean, I want to talk to somebody that that didn't have that experience with the country <laughs> crock <laughs> butter containers. You know what's funny though? Like now that I'm like an adult lady, um, woman, adult, it's weird to think I'm an adult. Like I don't use that kind of thing for my Tupperware though. Maybe it's because I it's so ingrained in me that that's what I used. When we were younger, but now I have like actual like nice containers to store my food in that I can like see through. <laughs> I actually think that the only reason why we have real Tupperware that we spend money on is because it was marketed to us properly. <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean, not to be like a super downer. Well, it could be really affordable too. Yeah. That's that's true. And they double as lunch containers for me. And I don't really want people to see me eating out of a sour cream container, like a salad out of a sour cream <laughs> container. They're like, what? <laughs> she is taking this idea of keto way too far. Like, <laughs> it's like, no friends. <laughs> I'm just cheap. <laughs> well, and it's like, it's, it's earth friendly to reuse them. Yeah. So. so we use that stuff all over the farm. Um, yeah, to recycle, reuse, renew, all that jazz. And we also got a nesting box liner inside our box, like we do every month. Yes. I love them. Bev uses them. Sam needs to start using them in her smaller coops that she has, because the way some of those coops are designed, or like the roosting bars are right by the nesting boxes. So when they roost at night, they just shit in the nesting box so it'd be easier to clean it if i could just pull the whole thing out <sighs> and rant well now you know what you need to do after this oh yeah <laughs> go change out the litter box or the, the litter box jesus go change out the nesting box liners 
Also, I thought it was really cool because with any every Henny and Rue box, we get this little card that explains everything that's in the box to us. But I also noticed on the front of the card, um, Henny and Rue sells these little pins. There's the Hazel Hen Pin, which benefits the Adopt-A-Bird Network. And there's the Glory Hen Pin, which benefits Coops for Troops, which um, Brad for, from Coop Dreams is part of that. Um, he's also the one running Coop Camp. And Henny and Rue has donated over $800 so far between the two of those um, different organizations. So um, we'll add links in the show notes to those pins. They're super cute. And $5 of that purchase goes to one of those organizations, depending on which one you buy. So if you want to go check that out, you can go to honeyandrue.com shop if you want to search for them, or you can look at the show notes for the exact link. But they're pretty cute, and it's for a good cause. Yeah, I have one of the uh, pins that came in one of the boxes, and mm-hmm. I st- stuck it to my crochet bag. Cute. I have like all sorts of cute, fun pins that I feel like define who I am as a person on the outside of my crochet bag and the chicken was like perfect so you can get the red white and blue chicken pen if you feel like that represents you the best or you can pick the pink pin if you feel like that represents you better and the pink pin uh donates money to the adoptive bird network so awesome yes oh and the timing is of this whole thing is impeccable because um Tina from Henny and Rue just posted the April sneak peek like just a bit ago and it's definitely motivated towards spring because she gives like a little sneak peek teaser which this means increased critter activity so she said there's going to be seven things in the april box including two to help keep your chickens safe and healthy so the first item is utter balm by dr naylor uh, and it's an antiseptic ointment that treats scaly legs and poultry and which is a condition caused by mites results resulting in raised leg scales um, which cause great discomfort and infection so um, that's going to be an excellent item to have on hand oh yeah it is and i'm really excited about the six foot inflatable snake (laughs) i looked at it and i was like what the hell um but it actually makes sense once i read it because i freaking hate snakes so I'm really kind of freaked out to have this inflatable one in my yard because it's like what if I forget that it's snake (laughs) okay so I know what's gonna happen with this inflatable snake in my yard it's gonna blow away it's gonna blow away and it's gonna end up in our neighbor's yard and they're gonna be like what the but but for real I'm I'm working on trying to figure out what to do about my garden because my chickens just will not leave any of my stuff alone the, the horrors <laughs> yeah. of having free-range chickens so I've been working on a plan for an electric fence that's going to go okay. around the garden um, it's not gonna be like a full fence because I don't feel like stretching fence this year this is mm-hmm. going to be a no fence stretching year for me because <laughs> st- stretching fence is a pain in the ass. Mark my words. Work. Yeah. I bet you, you stretch a fence now that you've said that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Probably. <laughs> um, but uh, so we're working on like an electric fence thing. But I thought to myself, it'd be nice if I just had something I could throw out here for now to keep the chickens out mm-hmm. of the strawberry patch. Because the strawberry patch is the only thing that they're getting into and doing damage at the moment. Because that's the only okay. thing growing. But I'm like, come on, chickens. Those are going to be strawberries. But you're killing them before they even get a chance to like get leaves. <laughs> so okay. I promise I will share the strawberries with you if you leave them alone. You can throw the snake out there and maybe they'll go away. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's said that this, like, fake snake can reduce veggie crop loss by 50%. Um, it mm. helps repel chicken or <laughs> chipmunks, squirrels, birds, including your chickens. And it can also be used to help your back patio stay chicken poop free if you want to strategically place it. So we'll see what this thing looks like when we get it. I might just use it to scare my stepkids. Maybe I'll put it in, like, my stepdaughter's <laughs> I'm the worst of the year award. Yes, where's my crown? Um, But yeah, so in addition to those two items, the April box will include a superfood treat and more for your chickens and three surprises for the chicken keeper. So excited. Uh, Yes, I am super excited. And did you see the sneak peek for May? Not to like jump ahead too far. Oh, so uh, Goodrich uh, Meadowworks... Um, I'll link to them in the show notes. I ordered, uh, Christmas ornaments from them this year. They are super cute. They designed a bottle opener for Henny and Rue that's shaped like a chicken and it looks so nice. It's in the May box. I cannot wait for it. it. Yeah. I just found it. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, I want one. Isn't it amazing looking? Oh, I just was like, I want one and I'm going to get one. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to get one. So there's no need to want too hard. Like another <laughs> two months or so. So we're still two months away from this awesome bottle opener. But uh, yeah, you need to subscribe right now. If you are not a subscriber, go to honeyandrue.com. You can use code drink and farm and you will save 10% off your first box. And sometimes she does have extra boxes left over. So if you missed out on the merch box and you really want one, Go to honeyandrue.com slash shop and you will see if she's got any March boxes in stock still. So I think it's time for our regular episode. Yeah, it is. Woo! So what are we going to talk about today, Bev? I ran out of hay. (gasps) Me too! (laughs) Which is so funny when I sent that to you and, and you said, me too! I was like, oh... So I'm not like the worst person no, on the planet no. for not planning ahead properly for my animals. Well, here's the thing with us. We've been kind of flying by the seat of our pants with this situation because last year we let the horse farm person across the road um, store hay in our barn and we didn't charge him anything. We just took whatever hay we wanted for the goats. So we did not have to worry about it. And that continued through probably, like, late fall. And then we were just going across the road and getting a bale whenever we needed it. And then he started to run out, so we couldn't use him anymore. So then we found this guy, like, a half hour away. But he couldn't ever bring a big truckload up, so Matt's gone down and gotten it a couple times. And, like, we couldn't get a hold of him for this weekend. So I was like, shoot, like, the baby goats are starting to eat the hay too so it's like we're going through it faster than we were before so yes I've had the same oh shit moment it feels like we've been very reactive this winter with hay (laughs) on our farm well and normally I'm so proactive like I was just cleaning out the tack room and like no joke there's probably hundreds of dollars worth of like feed and grain and like the bales of straw and the lime and the treats and everything else that every animal needs because I'm always because I'm a worrier I'm always worried about running out but the hay thing it just didn't really like when I bought 10 bales at the beginning of the year because we only have the five goats and I actually I don't free 
offer hay to them. I just give them a slice every morning and a slice every evening mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they chew on all the woody things that are out in their pasture because their pasture has stuff that like, you know, grew up and died and goats aren't super picky. They'll chew on whatever whatever's out there. So right. and in the hay, they just they play in it and waste a ton of it. So I was like, right. I calculated out. I was like, oh, this is going to be plenty. But then, you know, it was super cold. We had right. the what did we call it? The polar vortex? Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> everybody needed extra food to stay warm when the temperatures were that mm-hmm. cold. And I also miscalculated. I'm an accountant. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> <laughs> but I also thought I was going to be able to buy more. It right. didn't occur to me that all of the feed stores and everyone else in town wasn't going to have any either. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's kind of like one of those things you just kind of learn once you're in the circumstance, it's not something that you can necessarily anticipate. Um, but like, I'm already thinking ahead for like procuring a certain amount before the snow starts flying or at least like have a, like a source figured out (laughs) before then, because we don't have like a farm truck. So it's not like, like my Jeep can hold, I think like five bales, um, of tightly packed hay. Um, so we, that's like as much as we can get at once if we're going to get it. So I'm hoping the guy across the road will want to use our barn again because that was super convenient. But yeah, (laughs) but yeah, so, so what have you been doing to help, um, to help supplement your goat's diet since you've run out of hay? So we do feed alfalfa pellets. Mm. Um, and that's something that we've always done from the very beginning because I just I felt weird not giving them like a feeding time. Right. Right. <laughs> so every morning and every evening they just get like for the five goats, they get a total of um, four cups uh, okay. of alfalfa pellets per a day because I found um, that if I gave them too much they just jumped in the feeder and pooped all over it and they got wasted. <laughs> yes. So I have not found them to be like a good replacement for hay mm-hmm. because I can't leave it out because they ruin it. Right. So I only give them what they'll actually eat during breakfast and dinner. That makes sense. We've actually been doing the same with that. Um, I was, uh, we just bought it since we're, we've been having a little more trouble getting quick access to hay. Um, Maya loves it. Diana doesn't. She won't Mm. eat them. So they're like just piled up into her food bowl. And then we pour her grain in there. And then she like moves the pellets around, like the alfalfa pellets around to (laughs) make sure she gets all the grain. I'm like, you're such a bitch. (laughs) Eat them. So I'm just kind of like leaving them in there for now to see if she like changes her mind at all. Um, because Diana didn't, or yeah, Maya didn't really touch them at first either. So we'll see. But it, I've been giving it to the boys as well because it's not going to hurt them. Um, it's a really good source of calcium for them. So I don't feel bad about mixing that in with a little bit of grain that they do get. Um, but yeah, they, they get very vocal if they don't have their hay. So, <laughs> like, we're starving out here, lady. Yeah, give like, us stuff to play with and throw half of it on the ground. Right? I'm like, you guys aren't hungry. Take a look at you. You're just playing in it and you're bored. Right. 
so we've also been, when we can't get access to hay from like a local source, we've also just been going to like uh, TSC and getting the alfalfa bales and or the orchard grass alfalfa mix from there. But that's kind of pricey. It's like $15 a bale. Um, yeah, I've been but, doing the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, with the pregnant mamas, or not the pregnant mamas, the nursing mamas, like, I just want to make sure that they have, like, more than enough for what they need to produce. Um, so, and then the boys get it, too, obviously. But I'm a little less concerned about the the quality of what I give them um, compared to the, the ladies making all the milk. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, their nutrition needs aren't as high and right. from what I've seen um, of these alfalfa bales, oh yeah, by the way, my local TSC is totally out of alfalfa bales. Also, they are just they just mm-hmm. have the Timothy grass bales or like the mixed bales now, right? So, which is perfectly fine too. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, so oh, I had yeah. to switch to those this week because I'm like, crap, they're even out of the alfalfa ones. I'm like, so this is making me feel a little better. I'm clearly not the only person that oh, can not get no. enough hay. Well, and it's funny because it's super hit or miss at RTSCs, too, because we're kind of, like, located in the middle of two locations. Um, sometimes they have a couple. Sometimes they have nothing. So it's like I I know other people are kind of feeling the same pain. <laughs> well, and at the beginning of the winter, too, um, one of the things that I did was I bought those 10 bales of hay. And I, I kind of thought that those were going to be enough. But I happened to be at TSC because I needed the alfalfa pellets and some other things that we feed around here. And mm-hmm. I saw those. And I looked at my husband. And I'm like, let's grab two of those and this bag of chopped alfalfa. So yes, I know we've that, done that we too. have. Yeah. I'm like, then we have an emergency supply of like, it's wrapped in plastic so it stays clean and dry no matter where I put it. And then I know that in an emergency, I have feed for the goats because one of the things that can happen when you live somewhere where there's weather is you might not be able to get to the store. Right. I mean, who knows? They could put a level three emergency, you know, snow emergency on the roads and then you can't go anywhere and none of the stores are open anyways during that. So, right. Although, I did find so one of the things about the um, compressed bales is you do have to open them before you're going to use them and let them relax. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's hard to get a slice of hay out of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was also taking too big of slices of hay. It's like so compressed. If I stuck it in the hay feeder, they just tore it apart and didn't actually eat anything from it because they were just so enamored by the fact that it was something to do. <laughs> like so much fun. I'm like wasteful little bastards. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the chopped alfalfa is like a giant mess. I'm not a big fan of the chopped alfalfa, but I probably yeah. will still keep a bag of it around. The only reason I can get away with feeding it is because uh, I have a like a hanging bucket inside their barn stall. Oh. So it, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's like a hanging feeder, but it's really deep. So they stick their heads all the way down into the bottom of it. So I yeah. can fill that with chopped alfalfa. If I put that in their like hay thing... It would just fall all out because it's chopped yeah. so fine. Yeah. We have like some extra little feeding buckets that are attached to the wall, just like the little square container things um, that you can drill into the wall. And we put it, the chopped stuff in there for a while. And it just kind of felt like they were making a mess with it too. Like it's not a bad idea or bad substitute. Like if they're hungry enough, they're going to figure it out. Um, but yeah. 
So it's funny that we've gone through like the same exact thing, but we haven't talked about it until today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was embarrassed to mention it to somebody because I was like, I suck at this, clearly. I'm not cut out for raising goats. And I'm like, no, look, everybody else. I mean, if it was a bad hay year, it was just a bad hay year. So hay is expensive and not everybody got enough. Yeah, we were lucky. I was searching on the Facebook marketplace and... I actually found a new supplier that we're going to go get t- stuff from tomorrow. Um, and it's actually closer than the last guy we were working with. Ooh. We'll, we'll probably, like, go between, like, the two of them depending on, like, what they have. But, like, the this new supplier, they're out of, like, the second and third cutting already. So we're getting first cutting, which isn't the goat's favorites because they're piggy little jerks. Um, but you know, it's, they'll, they'll eat it still. It'll be fine. Um, but it's like $8 a bale for that. But the second and third cuttings were like $10, $12. So it adds up fast, um, depending on how many goats you have. Yeah, you know? it does. Do you know what the difference is between the cuttings? So I have no idea what I was picking <gasps> up from my local feed store, but hey, here for me was $6 a bale. And I don't know why I felt like that was kind of expensive, but it also like wasn't the greenest hay, so it probably wasn't the best stuff. So first cut hay is grass heavy and doesn't have a lot of legumes. Is that how you say that? Legumes? legumes? I don't know. I always say gume because <laughs> it makes me feel fancy, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, in in alfalfa and cover, um, are doesn't have have legumes such as alfalfa and cover. First cut hay is coarser than second cut. This is because the spring growth, um, because of all the rain, leads to thicker stems and stalks and heavier leaves. The second cut hay has a finer texture and usually a greener color and heavier leaves. So I would assume then the third cut is even better. Okay. Or more appetizing to your ruminants <laughs> well and probably more nutritious like the more alfalfa yes. and the more like so i mean i i don't know if the the mustard you know that we talked about uh, as a cover mm-hmm. crop with beaver vineyards i don't know if that's considered a legume um but legumes are very um the reason why people plant them is because they pull nitrogen out of the air and put it in the soil for whatever your real crop is um, so it makes everything that grows in that patch more nutritious. Okay. Yeah. And it, it helps feed the soil and it helps build up good soil health. Okay. That makes sense. So uh, hay that's high in legumes or alfalfa or anything like that uh, seems like it would be more nutritionally dense from my layman's terms. I don't know anything about hay. Bev makes shit up again. Corner. I, I did start Googling like how to grow your own hay. Like, so I was like, this is bullshit. I have a lot of available <laughs> land. And then I looked at it. I was like, this sounds like a pain in the ass. And like, I don't have the equipment to do it unless I just wanted to do all this by hand, which I don't. No, it's, it's backbreaking work. And one thing that we discussed and we thought about doing last year when we knocked down the pasture, so we could bale grass hay mm-hmm. from our own pasture because we let it just grow up all summer and right. we could cut it twice a year and produce our own hay here, but we need a baler. Like oh. there's like a machine that you can yep. attach to the back of the tractor because our neighbor has a tractor that they store in our barn. And in exchange, we just get to use it and we fill it up with gas and we try to take good care of it and do like some maintenance on it and stuff. 
So we can use the bush hog, knock it all down, and then run the baler through it, and it would make it into bales. I don't know how that works either. Here's more Bev making shit up, but <laughs> we need that thing, and it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it. Um, uh, can cost anywhere between $5,000 to a million Oh my god, that's a big range. <laughs> yeah, you're talking like industrial size once you're getting up to like a million. But yeah. For my three acre pasture, that's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So And I've seen them used for like a thousand dollars. I just I'm oh, not ready yeah. to invest that quite yet either, but one thing that I did tell Jared, and Jared has started talking to people in town because he's way better at this than I am. I love people and I love getting to know people but I get tongue-tied when I'm trying to talk about <laughs> something with them when I don't know them and Jared started putting the word out that we're interested in buying people's extra hay oh. um, when they have it because it, okay it's not going to be organic it's not going to be the thing that I thought I was going to have 100% on my farm but by buying our hay locally produced here in our own little town we're mm-hmm. also helping the environment by not right. having our right. hay trucked all the way across the country. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you've also run out of hay, don't feel bad about it because Sam and Bev are in the same boat. Yeah, you can come join our Facebook group and you can commiserate with us. We haven't posted yeah. in there that we've run out of hay, but maybe we should do that. Maybe other people yeah. can commiserate with us. Yeah, we can post it on Friday when the episode drops. There we go. There we go. So I have a link to a movie trailer that you need to watch, Sam. And then we're going to talk about it briefly. Okay. I'm going to watch it. I have it up already. So the trailer that I just had Sam watch is the movie trailer for The Littlest Big Farm. And it's a movie that's going to be released on May 10th, 2019. Someone had shared this on my Facebook timeline several weeks or maybe even months ago. And I was like... We've got to discuss uh, this movie when it comes out, and we've got to go see it. But I thought it would be fun to share the trailer with everybody so that they can get excited about it, too. Yeah, it looks super cute, but it also looks like it's going to make me cry like a little bitch. No joke. Every time I watch the preview, I cry. And I'm not like an emotional person like that. So it's super weird that this movie brings out that kind of emotion in me. Like normally I'm pretty stone faced and kind of like a robot. Oh, that's kind of funny. (laughs) But this movie trailer, I'm like. (sighs) (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it looks really like it's going to be a really good one for farm people like. Obviously, if you watch the trailer, you can see they do some pretty serious farming. But I think it would even cater to people that do stuff on a on a smaller scale because you still feel a lot of the same emotions, and you can you can I can definitely feel like connected to some of the things happening in the trailer. Um, you know, just based on our hobby farm here and previous experiences on my grandparents' farm. So I think it'll it'll. Um, be a good movie for a lot of different like a variety of people for the audience 
Yeah, and what I loved about the movie trailer was I like how they talked about the farm that they were going to build was going to try to use all of the systems together, Mm -hmm. sort of like as nature intended them. And, you know, you see that they're having like a big pest outbreak and then they let go like a giant flock of ducks on it to go eat the bugs. And then, (laughs) you know, they're having this other problem. So they set snakes loose to try to take care of it. And Yeah. No. So, I mean, it is definitely something that no matter what size your little, like, whatever, no matter what size your farm is, as long as it, I don't, I don't know that their methods would necessarily work for like a mono crop farm, but right. if you do like a variety of things on your property or in your backyard, or even if you're just still like dreaming of moving out of your apartment in, into somewhere where you can have some plants and some animals, I think this movie will definitely like touch you in a good way, not in a bad yes. way. <laughs> I agree. (laughs) We got a farm story in. We do. Have you read it yet? I have not. Okay. So does that mean you want me to read it? It does. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I copied and pasted it into our our notes that we use for the show. And I accidentally read it. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess that means I'm committed to reading this week so (laughs) I'm super excited to read this story um and we hope that by reading this farm story it it inspires others to send in their farm story so November 2016 after five years of searching Nick and I finally found our homestead a 1920s farmhouse with 10 acres in central Wisconsin We found the listing just a day after being posted and called immediately to set up a showing. We got in the car and drove the two and a half hours north to see it. The house had had been let go and just begged to be returned to its former glory. glory. We felt up to the challenge and after a few days we put in our offer and it was accepted. All of our wildest homesteading dreams were coming true. Being an artist, my job moves with me, but Nick needed to find something close. After a search, we found out that the company he works for has locations close to our new home, so he called and inquired about a transfer. And wouldn't you know it, two weeks later, we got the call that a position had opened for him. We closed on the house in December, the same day as he started at the new location. All of the pieces were falling into place. Our house being built in the 1920s has locks which require a skeleton key, but when we closed on the house, we only got a padlock key for the front door, but no front door key, a minor inconvenience. While I was unpacking all the trinkets I've had since I was a child, I came across a skeleton key. Just for fun, I set it aside to show Nick when he came home. We tried it on the front door and it worked. I had the key to our home. (laughs) I'm going to get emotional the whole time. Oh my God. After that, I knew we were always meant to end up here. I guess being a weird little girl and keeping the old keys pays off. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I love that she signs at SSDGM, which means stay sexy (laughs) and don't get murdered. So yes, for (laughs) fellow murderino, Jennifer. And you can find her on Instagram at J. Pitch, uh, I'm just going to spell it, J-P-I-C-H-L-E-R-A-R-T on Instagram. We'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. But oh my gosh, like when I read that earlier, I was like, you cannot get choked up when you read this out loud. (laughs) And I totally did. So thank you for sharing that, Jennifer. Like that is just amazeballs. 
Yeah, that is. That is. So we just watched that trailer for <laughs> Little Big Farm, and then I read that story, and now I'm just going to start crying. <laughs> you did the impossible, Jennifer. You broke Bev down. <laughs> that was so sweet. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Jennifer. And we seriously, like, we need to start using, I don't know, Farmerino's hashtag or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, since clearly there are several of us that listen to my favorite murder and um, also like to farm. So, yeah. Yeah. Make sure you send us those farm stories. Like I said, um, if you have a story from your farm, you think fellow listeners would laugh at, learn from, or make Bev cry. Um, we want to hear it. So you can send those to us um, via direct message on Instagram or email it to us like Jennifer did to drinkandfarm at gmail.com. Could be like a new like competition. It like, could be. We'll keep score. You got <laughs> yeah. us both, Jennifer. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on a roll for the emotional stories. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good start. That was a good kickoff to it. <laughs> so Coop Camp dates have been announced. They are June 7th through 9th, and it is uh, in a town that's just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. So Mm -hmm. if you are able to get to that area June 7th through 9th, you should register over at fadedjeans.tv slash coop-camp.html and join us at Coop Camp, where you get to hang out with your second favorite podcasters, because we're going to assume that your first favorite podcasters uh, are Georgia and Karen. Yeah. So that's And okay. if they're not, then we feel super special. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure you take our survey. Give us anonymous feedback. Um, the link is in the show notes. That helps us um, kind of do better. We're always looking for ways to improve and to, you know, make this the best podcast it can possibly be for, for you guys. And join our Facebook group. It is over on Facebook. It's called We Drink and We Farm Things. There's just a handful of questions you've got to answer in order to be let in if you don't answer those questions. We don't approve them. Um, And also, because this is a podcast about drinking and farming things, you do need to be 21 to join because we talk about boozy things and we don't want to be those people that encourage underaged people to drink because that's just not who we are. Exactly. Also, make sure you review us in all the places. And if you really like us, download the episode when you listen and hit that subscribe button. Um, We actually got, like, I think two new reviews in the past week. What? I think I told you about one of them, but I'll send you the other one. Okay. Um, But yeah, make sure, keep doing that, guys, because that helps us out, especially in iTunes. It... Um, makes us easier for people to find it can make us show up on new and notable even though we've been around for a year um that's a great way to support the podcast without like giving us any money at all um and we're super flattered if you take the time to download and review us yeah and we sell merch uh sam makes some super awesome things over on our website it is drinkandfarm.com slash shop there are some like cool insulated wine tumblers and what else do you make sam it's been so long i Uh, can't even remember (laughs) Uh, isn't that terrible (laughs) no because we we haven't really gotten an order lately and i think my hunch is it's because a lot of our drinkware like caters to being outside like we have these wine tumblers that are unbreakable yep um 
or shatterproof is probably the better word to use. And then the insulated wine tumbler has a cap on the top of it. So you, it keeps your dream, it keeps your drink hot or cold and keeps the poo out of your drink. Um, keeps the poo out of your brew. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, the bugs and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you can definitely go check that out. Maybe once it kind of warms up here, we'll, we'll revamp it a little bit. We'll see. Um, but we also have a second merch shop, um, drinkandfarmmerch.com, where you can get shirts, hoodies, camping cubs, things that Sam does not make. Um, so go buy us a shirt and, you know, we'll use those funds to go to Coop Camp. Yeah, we will. And like we said earlier, nope, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to swallow that one. It didn't work. It came out anyways. All right. <laughs> And like we said earlier, while we're at Coop Camp, we're going to be working hard to bring you guys everything that we possibly can so that if you can't make it, you'll still get to feel like you're there in spirit and your ears will at least be there following yeah. us around. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't, um, if, if you're not a Patreon supporter, if you haven't bought a shirt from our website or you haven't bought any drinkware consider doing that um and that helps make sure that we can get all of that stuff uploaded for you because um yeah you know podcasting it takes money which people hate talking about but you know there i said it it takes money yeah send (laughs) us on a field trip we'll give you lots of content field trip (laughs) equals content I mean, yes. and we're going to have a blast there. We're going to get to hang out with some listeners there as well, which is going to be super cool. So if you're in the area, definitely come and register for Coop Camp. Yes. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, that was that was fun. That um, was fun. I mean. I feel a little emotionally drained now between that trailer and that story, but like in a good way. I do too. I mean, we had all that laughter with the can hands and then we had all the shame with the hay and then we cried at the trailer and the story. So yeah, this was a pretty emotionally draining episode. They all aren't going to be like this, but that's what they call an emotional roller coaster. We wrote it. Yes. Yes, we did. And he wrote it with us. Yes. We hope you enjoyed it. So drink. Farm. And And give give zero zero clucks. clucks. Bye, guys. Bye.